James. Hello. On that noise that you just made, it was mentioned to me that uh, while we record, often there's a little bang here and there, a noise here and there, and you probably just made one then. That's for two reasons. One, we record on a glass table, which obviously has got to go because it's just absolutely the worst material for recording podcasts on. Yep. Like the vibrations just travel into the mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible choice. Two, whilst this may be hitting your feet at 6 a.m. on a Friday morning, it's not 6 a.m. on a Friday morning that we're recording this. No, it's actually a Thursday at 3.30 p.m. So if you hear the bangs, just know we're having a lovely time. Yeah, we're just it's having we're having a, a cold Thursday afternoon beer on a glass table, and there's no law against it. No. Does someone really complain about that? No, I mean it's just been mentioned. Oh, just like feed, just general feedback. Just, just- like love the pod. You guys are really smartly really switched on. There's some noises there I don't love. Yeah, basically, what's with all of the noise? Wow. Okay. Well, now you know we're ha- we're often we might just have a beer because why not? It's- yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I'm actually getting so fired up that someone will be mad about that. <laughs> It's the moment we've all been waiting for. That's it. Yeah, no, it's been in the works for a very, very long time. World changing. Yeah. I haven't been able to sleep for like probably five years now, actually, waiting for this to happen. And now that it's actually happening and I can sort of breathe out, huge relief. Yeah. We basically don't need to be doing an episode about this because I'm sure you, the listener, know all the ins and outs. Of course, we're talking about Ethereum moving from proof of work to proof of stake. Oh, I was actually talking about the Sydney Metro opening. That is going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is going to be great, although no union for uh, autonomous trains. No, but. that's true, actually. No, but as we are talking about the Ethereum merge. Um, <laughs> so a bit of background for people that actually don't know what this is. Shock horror. Ethereum, obviously the second, Ether being the second most valuable cryptocurrency after Bitcoin, mm. and Ethereum being basically the most used blockchain, mm. is undergoing a massive system upgrade a software update, if you will, mm. um, which is normally not a huge deal. No, it usually happens overnight. Usually, exactly. You close your MacBook, you wake up in the morning, you've got a new operating system. It's not like that at all. It's actually got a few more moving parts. Uh, it's moving from what's called a proof-of-work blockchain to a proof-of-stake blockchain. Now, very, very quickly, because I know that most listeners will be aware, but Ethereum, very important. When you hear about NFTs, they're probably built on Ethereum. There are some others. Yes, Solana, blah, blah, blah. A lot of different, like... DAOs and different ideas for smart contracts and things that do this and do that uh, built on Ethereum. It's very important um, within the entire crypto system. It's You can put code in it and then build products on top of it. So yep. it's more than just currency. Like Tornado Cash, which we spoke about a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Background done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is moving from a proof of work blockchain into a proof of stake blockchain. What does that mean? So a proof of work blockchain was started with Bitcoin when that was originally launched back in 2008 or whenever it was. And basically that was the one that Satoshi Nakamoto, you know, the peace be upon him, Mm. uh, invented essentially. So basically they're both just systems of validation to make sure that the blockchain can actually run and solving what's called the double spend problem, which is the idea that one coin, you've got your one cryptocurrency, your one token, can't be spent twice. Mm. And the way you solve that in a normal economy is that you have all, all these different institutions like banks and whatever that stop that from happening. Yeah. In crypto, you don't have a central authority. So you need to you need to do something to make sure that one coin can't get spent twice or the whole thing falls to pieces. No. Proof of work, this is the one that you've probably heard about 
quite a lot. Basically, it involves guys called miners, as in cryptocurrency, crypto mining, the process you've probably heard of, who have these machines where they, they might be just a regular computer or a really dedicated piece of hardware that basically do really, really complicated and energy-intensive equations and solving computer problems. Yeah, this um, is what's destroying the planet. This is what's destroying the planet. Mm. And basically, they keep trying to crack the code, and they're all competing against each other to crack the code and verify each block as it gets added to the blockchain. And to do that, they're, they're rewarded with crypto. They're rewarded with Bitcoin, mm. the, or they're rewarded with Ethereum. Yeah, and anyone can do this. Like, you can run it on your laptop if you want. You're not going to make much. Yeah, but and because every Bitcoin mining operation now is like those gigantic, horrifying warehouses mm. that are like in Kazakhstan and, you know... Uh, Wherever's got the cheapest energy. Wherever, wherever the energy is cheapest, they'll run that. You definitely will not be able to make any money doing Bitcoin mining on your laptop because it's all owned by these commercial miners. And as you said, absolutely horrifying for the environment. The power usage is immense. And when Ethereum was started by um, Vitalik Buterin, he wanted to use proof of stake, which is a different blockchain system, which I'll, I'll explain in a second. But it was very untested, so he went with proof of work. But it was from the outset, there was a plan to potentially move over to proof there was of a stake. There was a plan from day one to yeah. move over to proof of stake, and it's literally taken like eight years of just like guys in discords arguing and software developers trying to figure it out and research, and they keep putting the, the date back and back and back. Mm. But now they're going to migrate over to a proof of stake. Controversially. Very controversially. So what proof of stake is, just really simply or as simply as I can, rather than having these machines compete against each other and basically wasting electricity to figure out codes, what you instead have is people have to stake or put down a chunk of their own crypto into mm -hmm. a secure wallet to then put it in there to uh, as kind of like collateral, and then a, a lottery randomly picks which computer or which user is going to verify any given block and make sure that things are being spent twice and it's all valid. Mm. And the amount of money that uh, Ethereum is going to use is you need to put down 32 ETH, which equals about like 70 grand mm. Australian. Yeah, minimum. Minimum. Or you can get into like a little pool of people who all put your money together to get to that 32. That's also going to be an option. Anyway, so basically as a result, because there's no mining, there's no insane energy usage anymore. Yeah, which will allow it also to scale is part of and the idea. Totally. It'll scale better. It'll hopefully run. All the gas fees will potentially be uh, lower. So that's all That's all well and good. But the actual upgrade to switch what is basically a gigantic distributed computer that's being used for all sorts of scams and Ponzi schemes and illegal behaviour like that or and stupid cool stuff. And cool avatars. And occasionally, yeah, cool avatars and whatever. I'm actually making that. Like the, the comparison people always talk about is it's like changing a plane's engine in midair, basically. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of blockchain code, but from everything I've read, this sounds highly complicated. Incredibly and, complicated, And yeah. people are talking about the risks quite a lot. Yeah. Although there are a lot of vested interests who yep. are talking about the risks who are, seem to be against it, and that is primarily the miners. Yeah. So it's, there's all these, like, fascinatingly weird politics about it. First one, there's, like, obviously a lot of people who have invested a huge amount of money into, like, mining. Mm. Their CapEx is insane because they've, they've bought. So because of a little quirk in the way that Ethereum was set up, it's much, much harder to do what you do with Bitcoin and just have, like, a warehouse of special hardware doing mining. Hmm. It's because it's very memory intensive. That doesn't really work. So what 
is the most effective way to mine Ethereum is by buying off-the-shelf high-powered graphics cards. Yeah, NVIDIA's. And so the reason, as I understand it, that um, people use graphics cards over processors is because a processor might only have like four or eight processors on it. The kind of work that Ethereum does is it's not particularly processor intensive, but there's lots of little processes need to be happening simultaneously, which just so happens graphics cards, they're um, rendering lots and lots of pixels on your screen, and that happens to be absolutely perfect for this job. That's, yeah, that's basically right. GPUs are way better optimized for doing this. So as a result, if you're a gamer, shout out to all the gamers listening right now, and, yeah. and you're a PC gamer, you've gone through probably the three worst years of your life. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that that's the worst thing that's happened in your life yeah. over the past three years. Just as... Corona hits, you're like, I might update the rig. I'm going to update yep. the beast. Yep. You know, we're going to get the new NVIDIA in there because we're going to get a cyberpunk and we're going to run it at max graphics. Yep. Uh-oh, crypto spiking. Yeah, exactly. All these guys are buying up all these NVIDIA graphics cards to mine crypto constantly. So that was a that was a long way of basically saying there are a bunch of guys who now have a shitload of NVIDIA cards. Yeah, that they paid 10x recommended retail price for. Totally. And on the assumption that we're going to get back, you know, to be fair, as as I said before, this has been promised for years. Yeah. So if they hadn't written this into their risk matrix, then, you know, that's on them. But anyway, so there's a lot of them who are trying to find up all these sorts of excuses for why it's bad that aren't just them saying because I've wasted so much money. Yeah. So there's that. There are people against it. There are other people who are worried about the fact that they, they just don't trust that the system is going to be able to handle it yeah so it's this really funny thing where there is all this money tied up in this insanely complicated system mm. there's a, a merge that's happening this month yeah um, two weeks time basically yeah is the it's when it kicks along and if it fucks up like if they haven't they've been testing it really intensely in this sort of test net yeah well but- there's been multiple stages right and the first stage yeah. happened two years ago and they've basically been testing for two years yeah. so they basically they have a, a test net which is kind of running a test version of the blockchain and they're doing it sort of in parallel to the thing, to the to the main one, which is still proof of work. And they're going to merge them basically or and replace it, which is just a complicated. As anyone that works with software will tell you, a test is never, ever going to be able to replicate mm. all the insane and stupid things people do and normal stuff that's just like on like an edge case or whatever yeah. out in the real world. If something stuffs up, that could be... Dramatic. That could be something that sends Ethereum crashing. Yes. Um, you might well be hearing about crypto apocalypse too. Totally. And if you look at the, what the markets are doing, all the derivatives markets around this stuff, you can see there are a lot of people betting that it's going to go off without a hitch, but yeah. there are also a lot of people basically shorting it and betting that this is going to not go very well. Yeah, well, because the other thing is there's a lot of people hyper bullish about it because there's a new burn mechanism and this, that, and the other. They're calling it the the triple halvening or something. Some weird like word that in my mind I was like, is that maths? So then we don't need to get into like what no. that means <laughs> at all. But you know, there's there's a lot of uh, soy facing on on YouTube, <laughs> like 10x opportunity yeah, <laughs> type yeah, kind yeah. of vibe. That like some people think that this is gonna send the price of Ethereum rocketing. Yeah, obviously there's the uh, crisis path. Yep. Do you have you got any predictions? I think I don't know. It's really it's really hard to say. The um the other element that people are kind of worried about is that it's going to basically, I mean, it almost certainly will fork the code. 
So yeah. basically this happens with a blockchain. This is one of the things that people love the blockchain, say that it's so democratic, is that once a big change like this happens, what actually happens is it kind of splits off into two. Mm. There's the new one, but like the old- It still exists. The old blockchain still exists. It's immutable. And people, and people can still use it if they like. They can still use the old Ethereum, the proof of work blockchain if they so want to. Mm. But now it, it comes down to the question of like, because there's no point in using it if everyone else goes over. Yeah. You can be the last miner standing who's just chugging away with your graphics cards, mining old school Ethereum. Mm. But if every other application, user and whatever has gone off to the new one, you'll be feeling, feeling very lonely. So anyway, there's, there's all different sort of outcomes that people are really worried about or excited about. I don't know. I, I tend to think that they have spent so much time doing it that it will probably, maybe it'll be rocky. Maybe it's not going to go off without a perfect way to hitch, but it'll probably end up okay in the end. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be apocalyptic. I totally agree. These are some pretty intense nerds who've been working on this for a long time. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Who are aware of the risk. So unfortunately, I think it'll probably go off relatively smoothly. It'd be, um, it would be funny to see to see it collapse. Yeah. You know, apologies to anyone that has huge Ethereum investments or whatever. But yeah, I think it'll be okay. Now let's talk about the criticism of proof of stake because this is yeah. a big deal in crypto world. Yeah. So there are people who just hate the idea of proof of stake altogether. And there's all different sorts of criticisms, but one that comes up a lot is that this just means that it's not going to be decentralized or whatever, but it's just going to mean whoever has the most money sort of controls the network because you need to stake to to even get into the to validate, mm. you need to put stake 32 ETH. And like I said, that's 70 grand. Yeah. That's a huge amount of money. But there's also people that have way more than that in ETH. So the question becomes like, and a lot of Bitcoin people say this. They say it's not truly decentralized. The uh, Because Bitcoin is never uh, moving off proof of work. Like that is, yeah. like that's not going to happen, it, yeah, basically. Like, that- the- like theoretically it could, but yeah. it's that's definitely not going to happen. The people that are obsessed with Bitcoin love it just the way it is. Like <laughs> they, they think it, they, not only do they like it the way it is, they genuinely think it's like basically come from God. It's like yeah. the purest and most amazing piece of software ever made. Yeah, I mean the Bitcoin Maxi, uh, maybe this is a good time to talk about them because they yeah. definitely have their own episode, but like there are people who... Sometimes they're the most vocal. I see someone on Twitter like yep. shitting on NFTs or like yep. shitting on crypto and I'm like, let's see what this person's about. Like they seem to actually have some relatively educated takes on this kind of thing. And then it turns out like, oh, no, they're just like, they just fucking love Bitcoin. Yeah, and they're, they're fully demanded. And it, it, it comes down to the fact that like Bitcoin people love Bitcoin because they love the idea of like a decentralized currency that's like outside of government control. Mm. There's a lot of like political belief comes with that. Yeah. It's about like this is actually going to like change the world politically, whereas, like, the Ethereum people kind of do have a bit of that belief sometimes, but they're way more interested in, like, doing new stuff with software, like the cultural element, NFTs, changing the way that, like, changing finance in kind of, like, a different way. Yeah. Like, let's take power back to the people from big tech. Um, yeah, through technological innovation. Innovation and, like, you know. Whereas Bitcoin, a lot of it is kind of the wish return to the gold stand in exactly. uh, fiat. Yeah. The Bitcoin people tend to be, like, it, it naturally, like, the Bitcoin people tend to map to, like, old school libertarian right-wing kind of people, mm. whereas, like, the Ethereum people are, are different to that. So there's, like- Kind the, of techno-capitalist kind of. Kind of like techno-capitalist, but also a lot of, like, there's definitely, like, a perception in, like, the Bitcoin max thing that, like, Ethereum people are, like, woke. Yeah. It's, like, the woke, like, social justice side of crypto, whereas the Bitcoin are, like, the true- Whatever, which is very funny. Well, I guess Newman 
his new like flow carbon. Yeah. Uh, Adam Newman's is, is oh, yeah. all kind of more Ethereum, you know, put carbon credits on the blockchain, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. That's presumably using like Ethereum based yeah, protocols. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, so a lot of the arguments kind of come back to that. And when you dig under what these people are arguing about, you realize they're still kind of talking about like that, all that politics stuff. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like this idea that uh, it's less decentralized because only people with heaps of money can validate. I mean, currently in Bitcoin, like the people who are doing the mining, as you say, are like these dystopic, dystopic, dystopian kind of warehouses. Yeah, just totally. Full of servers that no, it's, cost it, millions of dollars. It's literally exactly the same, just one step removed. To even like get a look in with mining Bitcoin right now, you need to basically be really loaded to buy the equipment to actually do it. Yeah, with some business based in the Seychelles or whatever, yeah. like, is that decentralization? Well, yeah, totally. A lot of the Bitcoin guys will argue about this to no end about how decentralized it is, where the, where the money is stored or whether the top 1% own X amount of the Bitcoin. Like it's not, it's not that it's like a, a wrong critique of Ethereum. It's just like that problem runs the whole way through. Totally. So there's, basically there's a lot of Bitcoin guys hoping this fails because they hate crypto, like quote unquote crypto, which yeah. they take to mean like Ethereum as opposed to their Bitcoin. Yeah. Unfortunately, like a lot of things in life, like the Elon Musk decision that we spoke about on Tuesday like the WeWork valuation and what business that kind of is. Unfortunately, probably the boring outcome is the one that's going to come to pass, that's I suspect. But, you know, we can all cross our fingers. If you're into chaos, like, come on. We're, I mean, we're both very much into chaos. And so. I think we all, ich, I mean, I won't put Zizek voice on, but, you know, <laughs> when we watch apocalyptic movies because we all secretly hope for... This is the spectacle. <laughs> And that represents, you know, the death of society and capitalism mm -hmm. um, and therefore a release of our oppression. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I would love to see that happen next week. <laughs>